listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon, and I'm super excited to welcome back uh, on the program Sadia Osmani in for this week's Thursday Chinwag, and we have a bit of a special treat. But first of all, I'm going to tell our listeners to get on to the Facebook page. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio Three is the page to go to, and we have a really, really special. We have two very, very special guests uh, joining us this afternoon. Sadia, over to you. Thank you very much, Noreen. And if you were listening, I was actually doing Noreen's show last week and we were talking about the Textile for Social Good International Online Competition and that was run with Polly Yu and the Mills in Chunwan. And last week I talked to one of the winners and today I've got the other two people who were lined up for the show and they are live in New York and UK. I've got Ewan Tran and Nate Mokoburg and I'm just going to talk to them because they're prize winners from this competition and it's a textile. I think I'm going to leave it to them as to what it's all about. And now the grand prize was uh, given to Tomtex, which is done by Ewan Tran. Hello, Ewan. Now you're sitting in New York at the moment. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, it's so nice to talk to you, Eden. Thank you again for having me oh, here. That's all right. Ewan, I'm here in New York right now. 2 a.m. Yeah. in the morning. So, Ewan, now it's quite yeah. an exciting thing. Lots of people applied for this competition, and it's all about sort of textile. So, tell me a little bit about exactly what it is that you did. Yes. Yeah, so, so um, you know, like uh, I'm developing a tone test bar material that is created from food waste and coffee ground waste with the arm to work as sustainable alternative instead of both leather and animal leather. And I armed to um, create a material that is 100% compostable and natural biodegradable. So, um, you know, with my material, like, it's provide the designer the creative freedom with less material constraint on size and scaling, why we can minimize the environmental impact. Wow. I mean, like, you know, where did the idea, because you're saying coffee grounds and seafood waste as well, to actually yeah. make this thing that looks like fur and leather, you know, just like leather, but where did that inspiration yeah. come from for you? Yeah, so um, actually, I guess mostly um, my experience and my inspiration from my childhood background. So I grew up in Da Nang, Vietnam, where leather, you know, textile were predominantly manufactured. Mm-hmm. So in, in my city, leather is widely used in many applications across the industry. and we we kind of like aware of how people around the world are suffering from the leather factory pollution. And in Vietnam, self-seafood waste and coffee ground waste are widely available. Wow. Um, and with more of them end up in the field, uh, where every ton, you know, like waste in uh, generated 14 tons of CO2. And on top of that, I, I always fascinated by how nature recycle all the material. And apparently, we know that um, the world is running out of raw material, so that's why I want to repurpose this waste into a new accessible biomaterial so um, that can apply in everyday product. Therefore, like I can get awareness with people and help people to understand the sure. problem. And, con- and together con- we can contribute to making a change. That's fantastic. Um, I'll move over to Nate as well. Nate, Nate is in the UK at the moment and he won the textile special prize in apparel, in apparel um, and for his product called MIT. Now, Nate, what is MIT all about? Uh, sure, I will. Um, thanks for having me. This is pretty cool. Um, so 
we essentially are designing prosthetic limbs so artificial limbs bits of people mm-hmm. and essentially the traditional design of prosthetic limbs we were pretty surprised to learn that it hasn't massively changed since world war Two. wow um they're still quite rigid uncomfortable to wear um heavy um, and people just don't like using them no matter where you're on the world so that's kind of crazy whereas we looked at them and we thought well if you're wearing a prosthetic limb then um it's kind of like clothing you know it should be made like clothing so it should be comfortable it should be lightweight it should be easy to use so we started making them taking cues from sportswear and shoe design and making them out of fabrics and flexible textiles and and our first product that we made was called um the mitt so it was literally like a flexible sleeve that you can wear um, if you've lost you know anything from your wrist from your elbow down um and then we're sort of using that um technology of making rigid prosthetics and making them soft and, and nice and applying it to other areas of the body as well and are they tailor-made specifically for individuals uh, who have lost limbs or is it sort of um a few size fits all what's the actually the interesting thing so because um traditional ones are rigid they have to be 100 percent bespoke um it's literally like getting a cast fitted you have to go to a clinician and they wrap plaster around you and, and such but with ours because they're adjustable because they're flexible that means they're adjustable which means you can now have discrete sizes literally the same way you can have shoe sizes and clothes so we have a website our company's called koala um like the animal with two a's on the end because we're funky and you can go to our website which is your koala.com and you can literally just just type in your measurements and then we'll send one through the post wow. so you can go anywhere in the world which is pretty cool that's like an online service there for that what inspired you was there something that kind of made you specifically yeah. go into this area i mean so i'm an engineer by background so i got into this area because you know i'm a dork and i like iron man and, <laughs> and i like like robotic prosthetics and stuff like this but it became real when um very early on in our university project where this was started we met a guy called Alex Lewis, who is a designer and an adventurer, amongst other things, but he's also a quadruple amputee. Wow. And so he understood what it was like to use prosthetics, obviously. And so we we're making it for him. And it was just us engineers working with him. And we came up with a solution that was that was a little bit different. And, you know, he's one of the best he's one of the best guys I ever met on the planet. Fell in love with just his ideas and how he looked at the world and this sort of spurred out from there and we decided Look, let's do this full time let's do it properly let's just try and make it an impact and that's where the company came from you mentioned just now some sometimes it, it, some amputees that they're, they're reluctant to use prosthetics uh, why is that um is it because it's not comfortable or is it because it's not very functional um yeah tell us why why, why the refusal in, in the first place because there are engineers and scientists like you guys who are trying to create a product but if the if the users don't want to use it, it it's pointless to, to to make products like these so, exactly. so talk us through that it's a hun- yeah it's a hundred percent true i mean so in our experience what shocks us is how little the actual end users, the actual patients, how little their feedback seemed to get taken into account. Mm. Like everyone was saying the same things to us and it was like no one else had been listening to them before. So it doesn't matter how advanced or how cool and expensive and interesting you make a prosthetic limb. If it's uncomfortable, no one's going to wear it because you have to wear the thing. Um, That was a key thing that we kept hearing and that's the main reason why people don't wear them. But then on top of that, you but other things where it's, it's, it is a psychological, you know, it's an important part of your life. It's a big thing to happen to lose a limb or to have a limb difference. Um, and we have to be sensitive to that. So if they look hideous, 
is another thing we get told that people won't want to wear them and it's something that the people don't seem to be listening to so it comes back to that i think it's like listening to the actual person that you're designing for the actual user um and they'll tell you often the reason why they don't want them I can hear the passion in your voice. I can just hear exactly what this means to you. And and really the same is for you. And um, can I ask you now, because, you know, you've won this competition. It's a great sort of springboard to go into other things. What uh, what do you do now? What's your sort of plan now, both of you? So I'll ask you, um, Ewan, first. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm really excited about like the journey ahead. Uh, so we kind of like moving to like R and D phases right now, and um, our biotech right now is like to develop a material that fit in the need of the market, and we try to figure out and study the whole system, like what method of the production need to take place that works efficiency, um, you know, with the lower the environmental impact. And also it's like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like look into how the retail place right now, they take um, in the uh, micro production so they can produce um, the product when it's wanted and, and what is wanted. So by this way, we can reduce the waste material and stock you know, cost of the transport and cost of the storage shipping. So we we kind of learn about the system most of this time right now. And uh, we see how this go. <laughs> Ewan, I'm curious to see what your training is. Uh, we heard that Nate is an engineer by trade. Um, what do you do? And um, yeah, why, why this interest then? Yeah. Um, can you repeat the question again? Because like, sure, I, maybe it's I a bit quiet. Yeah, no problem. Um, I was just wondering what you do. Uh, what's your training? What's your background? Oh, uh, yeah. So I was a fashion designer here in New York for like almost three years. And then, you know, like I see the amount of uh, textile waste problem. And then, you know, 60% of our textile waste is um, it's made from polyester and I just take note of that and I tire of that and then I, I, I kind of like find my opportunity to jump back into textile again to learn from the get-go um, with fiber so that is my background and that's really important because I read that textile waste is the second worst polluter after oil and it's hard to imagine well actually it's kind of easy to imagine with fast fashion and sort of people buying clothes they don't want putting it to one side uh, there's such a demand for it so yeah wow it's amazing good for you to to be in the industry and to be able to make a really positive difference yeah. How about you, Ewan? What's the next step now after this exciting Nate. win? Oh, sorry, Nate. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just checking. I am Nate, right? But um, <laughs> so uh, the next step for us is um, so we've literally just started um, sort of offering the product. So we were in R and D phase for a long time. So you and I feel your pain, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we've just launched it on, 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 like I said, like I mentioned, on our website, so people can now get it. And we're starting to develop other products and essentially other bits for other areas of um, the body, so other, other areas of limb loss, as well as expanding overseas because we're, we're based in the UK. Um, but at the start of COVID, the idea of getting prosthetics remotely through the post mm. suddenly became very interesting mm. to a lot of people. Um, 
And so we've started getting requests from all over the world. So we're starting to do that, which is why it's kind of perfect timing to, you know, enter the textile world and get the opportunity to come out to Hong Kong again and sort of be there for a bit and explore what we can do there. So that's, that's what we're hoping to do, get out to see, get a bit closer to you guys and as soon as it's uh, feasible and applicable. That would be lovely. Yeah, so how does it work? If somebody is looking for, for a, a limb, how do they measure them the, the, their body out? Because it's bespoke, so you have a website. How does it work? Talk us through the process because you, you, you want to you measure yourself to, get, to make sure that it fits you properly, but how do you go about doing that? Do you need a medical professional to do that for you or a physiotherapist to do it? That's, that's, exactly, that's a really good question. So, um, so again, so shameless plug, yourkoala.com. That's koala <laughs> two ways. But if you come to our website, you can it, it explain it all on there. But essentially, you can go to a medical professional and they'll be able to do a very, very thorough job, which will make our job very, very easy. Um, but if you can't do that, if there's not one nearby, it's no stress. So for example, for a mitt, so for a, a forearm prosthetic, it's literally two measurements. Like one is around your forearm. Um, the circumference of that you can give us to give it to us in inches or centimeters but metric preferred metric, yes. <laughs> it doesn't really matter <laughs> it doesn't really matter it's okay um another one is sort of the length of your limb and if you give us those two measurements um we can figure out because we've got our own algorithms here we can figure out what the best limb is uh, for you um and then send it to you and so for the other body parts will be the same there'll be like two or three measurements that you can just electronically send to us and how long does it take for that for you to actually process that and then actually make it because obviously if you look at the old-fashioned um, ones they're plastic and there's a mold and things like that but is it quite a quick turnaround yes i mean it's that's actually kind of one of the things we're working on because so, that's sort of a question of our own internal logistics yeah so I mean, the theory, in theory, I mean, these things are so quick to make because they are like garments. Um, you could go from measurement to fitting um, within a couple of hours, um, if that, because, you know, we're just having, it's like in a shoe store. We're just like, does this shoe fit? No, okay, does this shoe fit? Yeah. Um, but because we're now making them to order and we're making them in our own in-house assembly line and we're still learning that, the, yeah. the process currently takes about four weeks to yeah. get all the bits in and then send it out to where the person is. Okay. Um, I could ask, really, I should ask you in that too, really, in terms of, you know, does that take time to actually make your product too? How long, what's the process? I think that's uh, for, for, for Ewan. Ewan, maybe, Sadia, can you repeat the question? Yeah, again? Ewan, I was going to ask you, you know, the actual leather itself, What? how long does it take for you to actually make that, the actual thing itself, with all the waste that you've got? So a certain length of it, for instance. Yeah, so um, for my process, it's like, um, imagine like I'm a chef and then I, I just like mixed up my ingredients in my own kitchen. So um, uh, I, I have my own formula and then I, I mix it up together and it doesn't require any heat or um, and everything that I use is based with the natural like dye or like um, wastewater and I mix them together and then I just like pour it onto the mold, into the mold that I create by clay and then I just let it air dry for like two to three days and it cure by itself. And then I just peel it off. And to wow. to make it more like water resistant, I kind of like coast it with a, a layer of beeswax or shellac. And now I'm, I'm moving on to like a, a Japanese like technique to coast it. 
So um, it's a, a lot of like um, testing the water and then, uh, you know, like testing the environment too. So That's yeah, it, it, it took me around like two to three days to create it. But but it's been it's been the long process. Like I've been um, you know like R and D for uh, the the last month, no, the last year until now is like a month. That's wonderful. That's really good to hear because a lot of the times when you repurpose materials, sometimes you're actually using more energy to produce the end product. So while you're repurposing coffee grounds to make it into faux leather, I guess my concern is whether the repurposing of it will actually use more energy. So, for example, when you when you recycle glass and make them into bricks, actually it, it takes a lot of energy to make bricks. So it's there's a cost benefit of whether or not it's really yeah. environmentally friendly but you're saying there's no extra heat it really is a uh, quite a straightforward process where you're drying the coffee grounds into a mold and then adding a layer of beeswax um, well, more complicated than the way I'm describing it but to, to, to that extent um, let's well let's we've got yeah. about five minutes left uh, Ewan and Nate let's talk about money um, because these things cost money um, is it expensive to make to, to make <laughs> <Less>. these things <laughs> um, as much as you can reveal maybe there are some trade secrets Nate maybe we'll start with you first uh, is it expensive to make these uh, prosthetic limbs then actually yes I mean um, money is an interesting one with this so this is one of the things we were shocked to learn. So like, I mean, traditional prosthetics can cost anywhere from 10 all the way up to 60,000 wow. like, um, pounds sterling. Wow. That's about 100,000 to 600,000 mm. Hong Kong dollars. Wow. Yeah, it's absolutely bonkers. So you can imagine most of the world, I mean, that's expensive to people like us. Like most of the world can't even entertain that. Um, so one of the problems with access is we're trying to get the cost down. So, so ours are a hundred times cheaper than that. Um, and obviously to make them, it costs even less. What's good is because we are using processes that are literally the same as clothes and the same as shoes. So the costs to make them are kind of comparable and kind of similar. Um, so that, that's how we're trying to make it really accessible to people. That's great. Mm, and UN, how about for you? Is, is it expensive yeah. so to make the faux leather? Um, so, I, I kind of like uh, predict our product line would be, you know, like between folks like uh, polyester, folks leather, and uh, it, and it's kind of like um, more expensive than that, but it's cheaper than, you know, real leather. But and then talking about uh, R&D and development is quite really expensive because like, I, I mean, the conversation with like scientists and scientist advisor, and incubator as a later, and then they they give me like uh, a a really big number like six figure, and and yeah, it, it's like we we have to try to find like figure out how to get that those money and and then get the product into the lab. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. money is always a, a difficult subject, but you know, it's probably one of the most important. I mean, you've got product and then you've got pricing. Um, that the cost to make it and also the cost to, to sell it. Mm. Wow, very interesting guests uh, this afternoon. Thank you, Sadia. You're welcome. Thank you for not getting them on last week so that I get a chance to speak to them uh, as well. Um, well, finally, before the news, uh, let's very quickly get to your websites. Yuen, uh, is there a website uh, that we can find out more about uh, you and your work? Where can people go to? Yeah, of course. Like um, You can go to like tomtest.co. That would be um, all the information we, we put up on the website. Excellent. And Nate? <laughs> I feel so cheeky. I've said it like three times now. Um, <laughs> it's ours is... Um, you, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, ours is yourkoala.com. Your so Y-O-U-R for your and then koala with two A's at the end. Um, but we always encourage just, just getting in touch directly. So um, mine is my email is nate at yourkoala.com. Just, pop, just ping, ping me a message if you've got any questions or if you know anyone with limb loss or, or anything at all. Yeah, we want to talk and, and learn and work together on stuff. So Excellent. Well, we'll be put, putting a link onto our Facebook Live link as well. Thank you so much for joining us this thank afternoon. Uh, really learned Guys, a lot. Very interesting. So and thank you so much for staying up uh, for us as well. And that's uh, Yuen Tran <laughs> all the way in New York and also Nate <laughs> Makabuag uh, for, for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much indeed.